Hey everyone, welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week, four to six of us get together and discuss a movie. At the end of the episode, we announce the movie for the following week. All movies are available from streaming services, either as part of your subscription or to rent. Thanks for listening. Now, on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Deeply Discussing Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hi. And Nathan McKinney. Hello. And uh, today we're going to be discussing uh, Nathan's selection, The Art of Self-Defense. But first, let's talk about um, what we've been watching lately. What I've been watching lately is a lot of super depressing true crime documentaries. Um... I watched the uh, one about the uh, the Ramirez kid in L.A. that was basically abused and um, not paid attention to by the system and essentially was abused and starved to death. And um, I'm like five-eighths of the way through the disappearance of Madeline McCann. So... Uh, that's been my my world for the last week or so. Um, doing those, I was like, "Dear Zachary's not disappointing enough for just de- de- depressing enough to me. I need more in my life." So, right, you led from that into those. Yeah, I went from Dear Zachary, and I was like, <laughs> "We can do better." Since it's Dear Zachary, I think it's I think it's actually Brooke's fault. So, <laughs> usually my fault. It's fine. I'll take it. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the main thing. Um, I ended up watching 63 Up over again. Um, my wife had been watching them with me, and she got back from a trip. So we ended up watching um, the most recent one of those again. And um, I still have Doctor Sleep. I have. I need to watch. Um, we just got a copy of Knives Out, which I still haven't seen. I need to watch that. So good. Um so that's kind of where I'm at. What have you guys been up to? I've been watching, uh, or just started watching, uh, I am not okay with this on Netflix. Um, it's the, it's basically by the same creators that did the end of the effing world. Um, yeah. which if you haven't seen that, uh, I, this one pretty much follows the same sort of through line to some degree. Um, it's, it's basically a lot of 20 minute episodes that are really easy to digest about growing older or or not growing older, but growing up. Uh, this one happens to star the, uh, the redheaded actress from, uh, it, the young lady. I'm trying to look up her name. Sophia Lillis. That's it. Aaron knows it by heart. Uh, anyways, uh, it's got a lot of good music in it. I'm a sucker for anything with a good soundtrack as anyone knows me knows. Um, and this one does, uh, but so far it's pretty good. I'm just about two episodes in, so I'm a whole 40 minutes in, so I won't talk about it a whole lot more than this. Otherwise I'll outlast what I know about it pretty quick. (laughs) Right on. Uh, I did start hunters on Amazon. Um, only have made it about one episode in. I have been really all over the place this week. I started to stream like four different things. I started I'm Not Okay With This. I started The Pharmacist, which Aaron recommended last week. Uh, I'm just having trouble staying focused this week, but uh, I, I'm really liking Hunters. What's Hunters? Um, 
It's it's Amazon Prime. It's I believe produced by Jordan Peele. You've got Pacino, uh, oh, oh. Logan Lerman. It's a a, a Nazi hunting. Show. Yeah, I've seen a trailer for um, it. Pacino has some insane yeah. accent in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's got potential. It's got potential. Okay. We'll see where it goes. Um, catching up on The Sinner Season 3, which is currently airing on, what is it, USA, I think. Um, I liked the first two seasons. Third season? Nah. Uh, that's, that's about it. Yeah. Where I'm at. Um... Shut up, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I, I've been watching um, some older movies, uh, rehashing the uh, Bill and Ted movies, getting ready for Bill and Ted 3. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to come out straight to video like uh, the Jay and Silent Bob? I doubt it. Did? No, it is going to theaters. <laughs> I, that, there's a lot of people excited about that. It's Bill and Ted, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Include myself among those excited people. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it. Just uh, the Bill and Ted movies. <laughs> I watched the Bill co- and Ted movies. Watched uh, Wayne's <laughs> World and over one. and over. Um, Bill and Ted and Wayne's World. Yeah, man. I'm. I, I don't know what's been going on in my life. <laughs> so, so Clerks is going to be a step up for you. Like you need to now. Uh, like now it's time for college. I mean, I guess that's how you. It, it depends on how you feel about Kevin Smith. So. I just mean like chronologically. Like for me anyway. Oh. Like <laughs> Bill and Ted and Wayne's World was high school, and then Clerks was was college. I. I was like, but you're like a like baby. Five so. when Bill and Ted came out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks, Aaron. I, Appreciate he that. Started it. <laughs> Don't you remember Airplane? Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch <laughs> Airplane Art all the time. And... <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, like as far as stuff that's still on, like Hunters, I think is something that. I might watch once it's all out and people have kind of a full opinion about it. It looks a little on the, this could go so bad um, side for me. Um, Even though I am still watching the outsider, which I haven't seen the most recent episode yet. Um, And I'm still watching McMillionaires, um, which is still coming out. But I, I tend to like to I tend to like there there to be at least a season of something out. And for somebody I know to have said, you know, yeah, it's pretty good. Not you know I've been watching it and I've liked it so far because you know, uh, True Detective season two and there's there's so many examples of just why did I invest my time in this this garbage? So. I'll be all caught up on Hunters this week, so then then I'll tell you the full review next week. Speaking of, uh, I, I just remembered there was one other thing that I saw that's probably worth bringing up. Um, I watched uh, Birds of Prey. Finally got a chance to go out and see that. Oh, how was that? Has anyone else seen that yet? No. Nobody has seen that? It's actually pretty darn good. I mean, it's not, I, I would never put it like at a level of like, this is going to be a classic or anything like that, but 
if you saw the the Suicide Squad and that's kind of the the frame from which you're kind of taking what you think it's going to be, this is really much better done. It's just it's just silly but fun. I, I don't know how to explain it any better than that. Yeah, um, everybody in it's really good, um, including I mean honestly, uh, the lead and I'm I'm going to be terrible names tonight. I think. Margot Robbie, she was fantastic in it. I mean, honestly, she brought her A game. So she's great. I would say um, I never saw Suicide Squad because I knew better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, and I wish I had. Uh, I like I, I was done with DC on film long before that. I saw Batman v Superman in the theater opening night, and it's like, nope, see ya out of this <laughs> that was a rough night done um yeah but yeah i've i mean i've heard that certainly it's better than suicide squad but that also that people were pleasantly surprised by it um and it it tanked at the box office based on the lack of interest i mean people just don't want any more of the those terrible dc movies um, I think one thing that I think that DC's doing finally that I think they should have done all along is they are starting to, instead of trying to mold a specific universe for all their characters to weave into, they're allowing themselves to have diverse stories and diverse directors and diverse actors take on the same types of characters, but do them in totally different ways. I mean, actually, some of my favorite stories in DC are part of their Elseworlds saga, which is just like a random graphic novel about a specific, you know, DC character that maybe you don't see them in that light usually, but you know, for example, uh, they there's the Red Sun, which is Superman, but he's born in Russia, hmm. so it's a very different perspective on it. Uh, another classic one is Gotham by Gaslight, when uh, Batman is growing up and and becomes Batman during the time of Jack the Ripper, and that's his his prey who he's trying to hunt. So, and and those stories they have very they're completely removed from the normal storyline of the characters, and it gives them a fresh life. And I think if they, if DC can kind of harness that and allow their movies to have their own voice, I think they've got a shot at at least competing with Marvel. Um, and I feel like the suicide squad, this, uh, was different, but they kind of corrected what was wrong with suicide squad by pulling the Joker out and just letting it be about the women. Um, uh, Rosie Perez is awesome in it. She's actually, she's one of the main reasons to go see the birds of prey. She's just really fantastic in it. Uh, I think her turn as this detective in birds of prey is as career changing as maybe Jennifer Lopez doing this uh, last movie with hustlers. I, I think they're, they're really good roles for both of those two. Just, you know, older actresses kind of redefining themselves as, as something new. It's pretty great. DC actually did a uh, some animated movies of Gotham by Gaslight and Red Sun. Uh, if you haven't seen those, you should check them out. I haven't. I need to. I think DC's biggest problem has been trying to compete with Marvel. They sh just shouldn't do yeah. that. They yeah. shouldn't try. They shouldn't try to emulate what Marvel is doing. They should just make movies that are good um, with the stories that they they have. They should adapt stories that are good. 
they just uh, they just finished filming the new Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, with James Gunn at the helm, which that'll be interesting. It's like yeah. he's taking a break I, from Guardians of the Galaxy to make the DC Guardians of the Galaxy, and then go back to make <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three for Disney. Yeah. If you're good at it, stick with it. Yeah. Well, unless they you know, cancel you on Twitter for a couple of months. Or if you're going to try to resurrect Jay and Silent Bob again. Uh, there could be another Jay and Silent Bob movie. Um, none of those Jay and Silent Bob movies are worse than Batman v Superman. Not a one. <laughs> a really low bar. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's super low. Like, the, I, mean, I could make a better movie than that. D- Dear Zachary had better editing than... Batman v Superman, like, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. As far as that goes, um, I don't know. There's some stuff coming out that I'm interested in. Um, I've just not been able to get out and see a whole lot uh, recently. Um, everybody's busy or ill or both. So, um. But our movie suggestion uh, for this episode was The Art of Self-Defense. Uh, Nathan suggested it last time. And I'm going to turn it over to um, everyone else first for what they thought of the movie. Um, I hadn't seen it before, um, and I'll, I'll get into my thoughts. But uh, how about you guys? Has, had anyone else seen it before? I had seen it. I had not. Okay, so just Aaron had. So Brooke. What was your opinion of it? I thought it was great. Just such subtle, quick wit. Blink and you'll miss it humor. I thought it was actually really funny. I don't know if I was just in the mood for that kind of dark, uh, very dark <laughs> humor. But I mean, I I laughed out loud many times. Um, I mean, I had to rewind a couple of times. Um, when he's finding out that the dog died, I just I just laughed so hard when he's... Was it peaceful? No. Actually, it was probably pretty painful. Like, I just, I don't know if I just like to hear about animals in pain or what. And but the I doctor that says <laughs> that it was like he died from a, a punch that came from a foot. <laughs> yeah. Like, the doctor couldn't explain it, but that's what it looked like it happened to him. This is one of those movies that made me laugh in the way that I was like, you know, I would love to recommend this to people, but I also know I would tell people I watched this movie. It was really funny. And most of the people I would tell that to would come back to me and be like, why? Why, why did you do wasn't this even, to me? Yeah, <laughs> wasn't even that funny. I don't get it. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. As I mean, The Last of Us that hadn't seen it before, um, I found myself enjoying the first half a lot more than I did the second half. I think once it became um, clear that like all of this was planned from the beginning, that the like they had recruited him by mugging him, you know, all of that kind of stuff. When all of that fell together, and it was like the reality of the movie was this really dark thing as opposed to this character is just not relating to the world around him in the right way like there's something wrong with jesse eisenberg's character um 
that's kind of where the movie lost me uh, because it was the the scope of the movie is so small. It's like it's about like two and a half people. The whole movie is about like two and a half people, <laughs> and they're all they're all on the same page about how insane the world their world is that they've created for themselves um and so that got to a point where it just wasn't it wasn't fun anymore um for that reason like there wasn't there there wasn't the person that would have their the sort of straight man reaction like everyone in the movie is on this in the same sort of comedy universe which I did kind of see like okay you could say maybe the same thing about safe men um but the thing about this movie I think that went over the top was that like the the violence was much more pronounced and there were like fatalities in the movie there were deadly consequences to what was going on and so it's like well okay um maybe this is like you know yeah i can see where it's like a dark comedy and all of that but um there was quite a bit toward you know the the middle to end the second act or so uh to the end of the third act where i was like this isn't this isn't making me laugh anymore it's making me think like This like this whole the whole way this thing's being presented right now is just sort of um, it's it, everything skewed and it's sort of like the the in comedy there's that there's an adage about you know never put a hat on a hat you know if if the thing's funny don't don't add another funny thing to it like if the guy speaks with a lisp don't also hit, give him a limp and you know don't don't add on top of it like just keep the the core joke of what's funny and i found out i to me it I felt like when it when i was getting introduced to jesse eisenberg's character i immediately connected and thought it was funny like how seriously he takes things and how out of whack his perspective is on everything but then when every character he meets is in the same it has the same messed up per- perspective of the world it just becomes like, oh, we're we're all wearing the same hat. We're all wearing, we're all the same. We're all in on the same joke. Uh, so I I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was terrible or anything, and I didn't. Um, it wasn't like the violence um, shocked me too far. I thought that like. Um, some of this, like you know, the scene where he, he just flat out shoots the guy at the end. That was great, Fantastic. like hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, I just overall, I just kind of had, I I kind of had trouble with. There, there was no, no grounding. The whole thing was just up in the air, kind of ungrounded humor, sort of a feeling. That's just me. No, I agree with you because I'm glad you did say that because I did mean to make that point where it did sort of once they got into this story, it got lost. Like you you don't need the side story of how they recruited him and like just let it be what it was in that first half and don't 
try to give it something else. So yeah, I, I I can see your point with that. Yeah, I mean, it had all these like dramatic twists that weren't funny. They didn't serve the comedy. They they were like a crime thriller, right? It's like it made it a different exactly. movie. Exactly. Yeah. Like when we find out that you know they have video of him being mugged, and you know they uh, what is it that the the girl tells him about? someone attacking her or whatever like there's these twists that are like okay we we can't inject any humor into this at all anymore we, we've lost humor as a as a tool and then you know a lot of it's made up for by the doctor's description of what happened to the dog and a lot of it's made up for with the the i'm just going to shoot you in the head ending um <laughs> gonna poke his finger through his head right yeah there. well and, and him <laughs> yeah which was funny like two speeches that he gave after he shot the guy yes the monologue no the monologue to the dead body was fantastic. I, I thought a lot about what i would say to you after i killed you <laughs> <laughs> and the credit sequence is funny too because it's it's him teaching the kids class and he's just really encouraging and well, nice and, to the kids. He also put the dachshund's picture up on Next the wall. Next to the master. <laughs> yeah. It's like a glamour <laughs> shot of the dachshund. Like it was like two different profiles. Uh, I, going through watching it the second time, I, I enjoyed it a lot more the first time I watched it. And, there were there were things I didn't appreciate as much the first time as I did this time, like the uh, the monologue at the end to the dead body, or the you know the he comes in and finds that guy hanging from the ceiling, and then he cuts him down, puts him in the furnace, and then just goes about cleaning <laughs> the dojo. I found well, stuff like that, that hilarious. Was like- they have a crematorium at the dojo like what the fuck that's the equipment room (laughs) (laughs) but um overall i I didn't find it as enjoyable a movie the second time it felt strange um i don't know if it was just the mood i was in while watching it or what um but Jesse Eisenberg was the thing that held this movie together. Oh yeah, and w- like whenever he wasn't a direct part of the scene, it just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, another movie where he plays <clears throat> a somewhat similar character because let's face it, he plays a somewhat similar character in every movie he's in. Um, right, <laughs> not a lot of range. But another movie that's like. Uh, quirky like this and also super violent is American Ultra and I don't know how many of you have seen that but uh, that's a Max Landis joint uh, he at least wrote it I don't think he directed but um, that movie is super violent and super messed up it's him and uh, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart are the leads in that and uh, I would say I mean that movie I would recommend to people that watched this movie and wished it was funnier or 
a little bit tighter. Um, American Ultra has problems too. Um, and there are people that will watch it and go, that's way more violence than I wanted in my comedy. But the laugh out loud moments are really there. It's, it's a really solid comedy. It's so absurd. Yes. And and this one didn't have that absurdness to it. It did. It started there. And then because everyone was there, that absurdity gets diluted. Right? That's that's the hat on the hat thing. It's like if everyone's insane, then there's no there there's no range here. There's just a bunch of insane people doing insane things and you kind of want it to stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but American Ultra, he's um Jesse Eisenberg's character is like uh, a sleeper agent for the government, but he's not even aware of it. Like he's been highly trained to kill and he just happens to be threatened by something one day and he like just like instantaneously kills this guy and he's like i don't know how i did that it's like a parody of (laughs) history of violence yeah so (laughs) which on paper alone that sounds pretty good it's it's excellent (laughs) it's a pretty funny movie (laughs) that'll that'll sell it me and dale were dying during the review it was great yeah and Kristen stewart's good in it too i mean her role isn't that that big in it it's mostly about jesse eisenberg but like her coming to grips with this and like you know she's like trying to support him and hide him from the government and it's great so nathan out with it what's the deal with this movie (laughs) well so i'm a huge fan of uh dark comedies and and i and i think dark comedies just by their nature are typically really polarizing um, just because some people just aren't up for that, quite frankly. Um, They like to just laugh and be happy. And, you know, maybe there's something in my dark soul or something that just appreciates a good dark comedy, but I do. Uh, When I saw this one the first time in the theater, I was walking in with pretty low expectations. Um, I, you know, I had heard that it had good, some, some good reviews. That's what got me in the theater in the first place. But I was like, there's not a lot else out, but this one kind of stands out as one that might be good. And it caught me off guard as actually being pretty good. I laughed a lot the first time I saw it. Um, but I also kind of felt like, you know, it, it has enough voice, like really unique voice in the script uh, the, sh- the script, the script itself is pretty darn sharp, um, and Jesse Eisenberg is really darn good in it. And I think it has this potential to be one that could go classic potentially when I first saw it, but I wasn't sure if it did or not. And so there was a part of me that wanted to go ahead and give it another run and see if it really fit in there or not. Um, and I was also curious to see what a group like this would think of it because it is a polarizing movie. I I could tell that it wasn't like the best dark comedy I've ever seen or anything like that, but it definitely has some really strong merits to it. Um, And so my take on it this time was, first of all, I totally agree with Dale in the sense of the, the last half of it 
it kind of abandons comedy for about a good 15 minute section of it to a large degree and just lets itself be completely dark. And there, there were those moments in that 15 minutes, like the dog death description and that kind of thing. But for the most part, it wasn't real funny when he was discovering just how bad these folks were. Um, and maybe that's something I'll get humor out of later if I watch it again, but I, I didn't get it this time. Um, but I kind of felt like if they were trying to do something serious, like I felt like they were trying to make some sort of statement about toxic masculinity versus being okay with femininity, however you want to put it. Maybe there's a better way to encapsulate that. I'm not sure this is the best vehicle for that. I'm not sure if it like fully succeeded, but I do think that the voice that the director has or the writer or whoever that pulled that part of it out, I thought they did a pretty darn good job of it. I mean, at least in that first half and then definitely at the end. Um, It's just, there's a lot to laugh at in those little moments in it. And so I enjoyed watching it the second time on the scale of like, will it go down as a classic? I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling it quite that well i you know i put it like a six out of ten maybe yeah yeah i can see that it's it's not uh like the script is well written the execution is well done um the art direction is fantastic um there's a bunch of stuff where like just through some lighting and a couple of paint accents they'll turn a whole scene red and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's there, but it's also subtle enough that if you're not just like kind of, you know, paying attention and really looking around, you don't, you don't really notice it so much. Um, I, I just, yeah, I just feel like it, it kind of falls over on the first act really anchors it as a comedy and the second act that starts to fall away and it, it's really it seems like it's too it almost feels like it, it's it's trying to be more clever than it is with the reveals because all of the things it reveals are literally like what you would expect would happen the like these are all like the worst case scenario things that would happen and turn out to be true in this movie and even though it's not an overly long movie, like there's the scene where they all go out on the motorcycles and uh, with Jesse Eisenberg's character, like they, they take him out that first time um, and, you know, he's supposed to like beat up the guy or whatever. And the guy's like a cop and he shoots the, the lady, I don't remember her name. Um, <laughs> the only female character in the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imogene Poots' character. Um, and there's so there's that, and that's like, okay, if you're paying attention, you've realized that these are the same people, like it's the same helmets and the same bikes as the ones that beat him up. Clearly the character is going to have figured this out now. And... It's not clear whether he has or not, but then they make a point of having two or three more scenes to reinforce that that is exactly what happened. And so 
you're spending all of this time sort of it's it's like this twist doesn't need to be eight minutes long you could do this twist in a scene and you seem to be making a meal out of it you seem to be making a whole act out of it um and i think part of the reason that it has to go there from a structure standpoint is that they have to sort of build the relationship or the trust between Jesse Eisenberg's character and Imogene Poots's character. So like that's kind of happening in those scenes as well, but it's not, it's not enough at the forefront for you to really like realize it so much. And that almost could have been a just it's there as an assumption uh, reveal rather than, we're seeing that these two characters are kind of on the same page about, you know, we're both in this bad situation and we'd like to figure a way out of it. I kind of feel like there's somewhere in there, if you were to go in there with a a really good editing knife and you could probably pull together a 45 minute or so amazing short feature. Like if you were to cut out a lot of the, the part in the second half where it starts to get too serious just get to the funny stuff, but for the most part, get to the point where he figures out that they were the ones that beat him up in the first place, and then get him to a point where he sets up that last fight, and just do that. And I think it could have been a lot stronger. Yeah, I don't just think to it's even that, that short. I, I think, I mean, the movie's an hour and forty-five minutes. I don't think you. I don't think there's an hour that needs to be cut out of it. Um, I think there's maybe fifteen minutes that needs to be cut out of it, as far as. Oh, but I, I think that 15 minutes, you still end up with the same result. Um, mm. You just don't, you just haven't overplayed those other things. It, it almost, to me, it almost, it, it feels like they, they stretch that reveal out a bit longer than they should because the final confrontation is a joke and it's so fast that if they didn't do that and they, and they made us, I mean, this would be like a, you know, if, if you edited it that way, it would be instead of a, you know, a 105 minute movie, it would be a 82 minute movie, you know? <laughs> okay. I mean, but you get the idea is like, I think there was a good chunk they could cut out and make a really good movie out of it. Yeah. Um, there's the scenes kind of early on where, he kind of wants to be part of that group of guys that are sitting in the office and he takes the magazine and he photocopies the whole thing. Um, and then later when he finally comes back to the office after, you know, however many months he didn't go in, um, his like desktop wallpaper is just breasts. Um, and, (laughs) uh, he's just a complete asshole to everybody at work. And like all of those things are really funny. The reveal of, uh, like, they show him come home and find that uh, he's got a German Shepherd now, and there's that note from the guy that's like, you know, either be the alpha or he'll he'll kill you in your sleep kind of thing. Um, the reveal is so funny when he shows up, and not only has he trained this dog, and he's trained this dog to kill, but he's trained it in German, which is a new language for him. And he says to the dog, kill the one on the, on your left. No, your other left. So stupid. And I laughed so much. And that's great. 
it what they didn't need to do was have a scene of him learning german next to the dog a scene of him training the dog like all of those everything in this movie that was a surprise was funny and and those at any time they took the surprise element out of it and they just presented things to you fact like facts one after another it it just sucked all of the fun out of what was happening see i I didn't find anything really all that surprising because almost everything that happens later in the movie is foreshadowed at the beginning like he he's learning french at the beginning but then when he starts to actually buy into the teaching he switches over to start learning german um right he no, he it's, goes it's, and it's explained but it, like there's no way that you guess the first time watching this movie that he's going to say to the dog in german your other left like that joke that, that joke not, was wonderful <laughs> that that it, that's not set up i guess it's what I mean is the fact that he used German wasn't as surprising to me. No. I don't. The fact he used it to suggest the <laughs> to the dog to kill the one to his other left. The fact that, that he trained the dog that way. <laughs> Less predictable. You know, and it's you know, and it's set up in the beginning too when he's uh he's interested in French that that French couple is basically like sitting there belittling him in French because they can get away with it because he can't understand what they're saying. Um, and when I... F- and he totally does. <laughs> What's that? And he totally does. I think that was the whole point of that. Does he? Oh, yeah, because then he get that's the first thing they do. You are at level 52 or whatever of the French language. You should have a good understanding. Hmm. I wondered that too. I took it as him understanding it and just being that schlubby guy who was just like, I'm not going to say anything. But he, yeah, he was too much, talk about me. too much of a wimp to when stand he, up for himself. When he thing. goes full. And actually, the length. Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. I was going to say, when he goes full alpha, it is, <laughs> it is awesome. He just walks in. He's like, I just want coffee, black, nothing, no food. He goes over there and steals the newspaper. I take what I want. This is what I do now. I only care for myself. And just sits down at the dude's table and starts reading. (laughs) And then when he goes in and he punches this boss in the throat and then goes and tells those guys that he wants to hang out with so badly that we should do push-ups. And then they all just get up and go do push-ups. Well, and him, him, and don't forget telling the dog that he's not going to pet him anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to coddle you anymore. It's for your own good. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's funny. And, and like in in any you know if 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 you took a, a class on script writing, one of the first things they would tell you is never have your character say something like, um, "I take what I want now." Like, never have them actually say exactly what their motivations are and why they're acting the way they're acting like convey that through dialogue and through but in that in that particular case it's hysterical because it's like you know he's explaining he's he's explaining himself in that one sentence in that one way it matches his character so well yeah that that, that scene was just perfect <laughs> my favorite like understated blink and you'll miss it uh joke in the movie is um early on i think it's the first time we see him and the dog um he's out of dog food 
he apologizes to the dog. He says, I didn't know we were out of food. And he goes to buy the dog food. When he goes into the grocery store, they have all of the dog food in the aisle. And there's a stack of those brown, like plain, it's just a brown bag that says dog food on the side of it. And that's what he <laughs> had before. And that's what he's buying again. The shelf just above where he gets dog food is an identical bag that says snake food. <laughs> God, I missed that. See? Uh, I like that one quite a bit. Right. So, yeah, I I I <laughs> It's it's a 5 or 6 out of 10 movie. Um it's okay. Um I think it could the, you know, I I don't know if if editing it if if removing things from it would make it better necessarily um i just think that it it sort of it flip-flops between being a dark comedy to being a kind of limp psychological thriller to going back to being a comedy again um and i think if if they had a grounded character in the whole thing it could have been interesting i don't know like if his boss was more present in it or you know if he'd like lived with his mom and she was like kind of the constant throughout the whole movie something like that but um but yeah i there's no easy solution um for how it how it could have been a better movie and i think i mean i think everybody involved did a great job you know i don't think they needed better actors or better direction or any of that kind of stuff. I think it's just, they told this story the best way that they could. And this story just was okay. It's a good first feature. I, I think it's, it's got a lot of room to grow. And I think, you know, future installments may get some corrections to the, well, it's not his first editing feature or but, whatnot. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not. I, I was kind of hoping it was, but no, he oh. made another movie f in 2004, and this one came out in... This one came out in 2019. His he made one in one. 2014. Yeah. And this one came out in 2019, so... Sizable gap, so in 2024, yeah. we'll get another good one. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I, I didn't know anything about the other movie that he'd done, but... But yeah, this just felt like, I mean, like I said, it felt like there was two and a half people in the cast. <laughs> so, I mean, taking taking this movie into consideration, um, what movie in a similar vein would you suggest to people? I, I, I said American Ultra. That would be my... Um, that that just easily comes to mind just because it's another Jesse Eisenberg dark comedy sort of thing. Um, to what Nathan was saying earlier about those kind of movies, it's not for everybody. It's going to be polarizing. Um, there's going to be people that that just aren't into it. Um, I think American Ultra got kind of stigmatized as a stoner movie um, because that's what the characters do, and that sort of part of the explanation for why they're so baffled all the time about what's happening around them. Um, so it's kind of portrayed as a, 
like bad drug trip that he's just suddenly killing people left and right and doesn't understand why. Um, but there's other, you know, like, um, oh, uh, gross point blank is another example um, of there's a dark comedy that for a lot of people goes too far. Um, there's at least one scene in that that goes too far for your mainstream viewer, but for everybody else, it's a good dark comedy. Um, there's just, it, it gets a little violent one time, not anywhere near what this movie does, but, um, it does have, it does have the one scene, but, uh, say that's another one. What do you guys think? There's a movie I really enjoy it's kind of similar in the violence area and probably a lot more violent actually, but American Psycho with Christian Bale. Absolutely love that Mm. movie. Um, It takes a very uh, polarizing book and makes it into an equally polarizing movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. It's one of my favorite Christian Bale films. Well, that's the best movie we've mentioned so far. <laughs> I mean, I would. I mean, there are a lot of things about this movie that remind me of Yorgos Lanthimos' stuff. Um, but the one that it actually stands out the most to me to be like, and I think it's just because it's such a chamber movie, there's such a small group of characters, is uh, Dogtooth. Um, and I don't know if you've seen that one. I think it's streaming on one of the platforms. Say it again. Dogtooth, one word. Oh. Oh, God. Is that the one with uh, oh. Dakota Fanning? That's dark. It's dark, I, but I think that's a good comparison to, yeah. like, if you yeah. liked Dogtooth, if you went back and checked that one out when you saw the lops, you were oh, like, yeah, oh, Moriogo Slanthamos. Um, that one's about a single family, and the father, if I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but the father basically runs the household like a compound, and nobody leaves the house, nobody leaves the the plot of land that they're on. And so they all interact with each other and it gets kind of violent. Um, and there's something about you'll never grow out your dog tooth or something like that. It's this fictitious thing that they're not ever going to be able to do, but I think it's meant to be like canines or whatever. Um, it's weird, just like it, you would expect from Yorgos Lanthimos. In fact, it's in some ways maybe even weirder than the lobster just because he's a, a fresher director at that point. Um, but that's the one that's closest to being like the, the level of violence versus comedy and dry sense of humor that's going on in it. Uh, pretty close. Yeah. I could see that from somebody that made the lobster. If you had violence to the lobster, you'd have a, a pretty dark comedy. It's almost like if, uh, if uh, Kevin Smith and Lars von Trier made a movie together, <laughs> I would watch that. Sounds so much. like so many nightmares. Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> Antichrist. Oh, <laughs> Tuscomaniac. 
That's a combo right there. <laughs> um, so, um, we have suggestions. Um, this time it is Aaron's turn to suggest a movie, and his suggestion uh, is Overlord. Good. Uh, have any of you seen that before? I have not. Okay. I remember hearing a lot about it. Um, it was like the last movie to come out in 2018. And I heard like people were surprised by how good it was. Um, pleasantly surprised by the movie. Uh, and that's pr- about all that I know about it. Aaron's seen it. He suggested it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's one that caught me off guard. Like, um, I'm a... I'm a big war movie fan, and I'm a big horror movie fan, so this was right up my alley. Um, but my wife doesn't really like either of those, and she enjoyed this movie. So it was, uh, it had a little bit of something for everybody. It was good. Was it theatrically released, or was it just like direct to. It was theatrically released. Okay. And when it came out, it kind of felt like one of those that could have fallen on either side of the fence for let's make sure it comes out in the same year for awards versus let's just throw it into the pile of crap we put out in January. Yeah. Like it, it, it looked like it could have fallen on either side of those. And it, the trailer was really cool, which is usually a good indicator if, if it hits really close to January, like the trailer's cool. It may not be quite as good as you think. Yeah. I couldn't, I just couldn't remember because it was such a weird, it came out at such a weird time. Like, you know, yeah, you're right. Like it's, it was kind of falling out in like Christmas and award season and people were just sort of seeing it as an afterthought. Um, like it, it doesn't really have any big names in it. I think Bokeem Woodbine is in it. This movie was really marketed as uh, produced by J.J. Abrams. Um, it is a bad robot movie. Oh, it, it was supposed to be um, a Cloverfield movie. And then they they pulled that out of it. That's uh, I the, mean, it would, that it sounds, would make that sense. That sounds familiar. Overlord was supposed to be tied into the Cloverfield universe. And then after that the one that came out in the 2018 Super Bowl that Oof. was like direct to Netflix that everybody hated. Um, they, Paradox. they ripped all of that stuff out of there and just put it out by itself. Yeah. Uh, but it was fantastic, and I, I hope y'all at least find some enjoyment in it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking about Overlord next time. Um, hopefully everybody can come back for that and thanks everybody for your your time uh thanks for talking about um your left know your other left uh the motion picture um this is <laughs> something enjoyable german. <laughs> something german uh and we will see you on the next deeply disgusting movie podcast <laughs>